Hi, I'm Keith. I'm in a circle in Stowe, and I'm going to be reading from James chapter 5, verses 13 through 20. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with the oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again. The heaven gave rain and the earth bore its fruit. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. Hey everybody, good morning and uh, welcome to Christ Community Chapel. Uh, really, really glad that you are here. Uh, thanks for coming. Welcome those of you at our East service, those of you who are tuning in online. Uh, welcome. Well, I hope everyone had a wonderful uh, Thanksgiving. The Monday before Thanksgiving is one of my all-time favorite days here at church. And uh, one of the reasons is because that's the, the day that all the totes, all the Thanksgiving baskets are brought back to the church to be delivered. And every time when I come in and I see that great wall of totes that are outside of our church, I always think there are only two things that you can see from space, the Great Wall of China and the totes outside of CCC Thanksgiving week. I need to give you a Thanksgiving basket update. We were able to deliver 1,420 of these totes to families all around this area. That means as many as 14,000 people were able to have Thanksgiving meal in their own home because of you. Thanks for showing the love of God. Uh, to the people in this area. I am really, really grateful for you guys. Uh, we start kind of our, our next initiative uh, this Sunday. This is for from now until Christmas, we do Just Because cards. If you are not a part of our church, you've never seen these before. What we try to do is blanket this area with random acts of kindness from now until Christmas. What we do is we'll step in front of somebody at a coffee shop and just say, hey, I'll take care of that. And we give them this card. We pay for their coffee or we pay for somebody behind us in a drive-through or pick up a check uh, at a restaurant. Or we have members who go to thrift stores and jump in front of people. It's, it's awesome. And we have uh, some of the most amazing stories come back every year of people who just dissolve into tears, who begin sobbing because that random act of kindness was something they desperately needed right then, right then. We also have other stories. I had a member tell me that uh, they, were, they saw a woman with a cart and a couple of uh, items of clothing for children, and our, our member thought, this is a great one to do. So they jumped in front of her at the line and just said, hey, let me take care of that for you. And the woman said, really? And our member said, absolutely. And so the woman took out the two pieces of clothing, and underneath the two pieces of clothing were two-fifths of vodka. So, <laughs> yeah, some, some stories are not great. Uh, don't do it uh, for the story. 
do it just because, right? Pick up uh, at least one of those cards and uh, surprise someone with a random act of kindness between now and Christmas, all right? Okay, uh, today we get to finish up our 10-week series on the book of James. 10 weeks in James. It has felt like a boot camp. If you're like me, I feel like I am better for these last 10 weeks, but I'm kind of glad it's over. All right, so we are in the last week, and I told you way in the beginning that James is like a doctor, a really good doctor with really bad bedside manner. And this week, he gives the final prescription for us to become better. And the final prescription that James gives is to pray, to pray. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to James chapter 5. If you're going to use one of our Bibles, it's on page 952. And I want to pull out uh, three points from the passage that was read to us right at the end of the book of James. And uh, these, this is my outline, so you can write it down. If you're a note taker, you can just know where I'm going. I want to talk about why we should pray, how we should pray, and what we should expect when we pray. Why we should pray, how we should pray, and what we should expect when we pray. Okay, first, why we should pray. James says right in the middle of this passage, he says, uh, the prayer of a righteous person has power. And then he talks about Elijah, how Elijah prayed and it, it didn't rain for three years, then it did rain. And the first thing is the reason that we pray is because our prayers can have an impact on our world and on our lives. And every once in a while, a person will come to me, a thoughtful person, and by a thoughtful person, I mean somebody who has kind of thought things through logically, and they'll say to me, I don't understand why I should pray. If God is sovereign, and he knows what is best, and he's going to do what is best, why should I try to change his mind? It's a great question. And I hope that this message helps answer maybe that question a bit. But my short answer is this, because the Bible tells us to pray. James tells us to pray here. Jesus in the Gospels will tell us that if we pray, we may receive things that we would not otherwise receive had we not asked. Okay, so the first reason that we pray is that prayer is powerful. Your prayers, my prayers can actually dent the universe. So we pray. But James, in the very beginning of this passage, he says, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? And then he says, pray. It's like James covers the whole gamut. And he says, listen, if you are suffering, if you are hurting, the thing you should do is pray. If you are cheerful, if you are happy, you should pray. If you are sick, if you feel helpless, you should pray. So whether you are hurting or happy or helpless, the very best thing you can do is pray, whatever is going on in your life. Why? Why? When was the last time you were at a playground? I think uh, the equipment that was on playgrounds when I was a kid, all those pieces of equipment have been banned now because they're way too dangerous no, but one of the things I remember is uh, a thing that was like a spinning platform. And I don't know if there's even a name for it, but I, I described it to one of our staff members. She found it on the internet. Here's a picture of it. If you remember this piece of equipment, 
What my friends and I would do, some of us would get on and the others would spin it until somebody flew off and then we'd go home. (laughs) And if you've ever been on that, you know that the closer you get to the center, the better off you are because centrifugal force is powerful, right? That's life, isn't it? Sometimes you feel like you're going 100 miles an hour with kids and family and the job and all the different things that are going on, but you're not going 100 miles an hour like straight. It's more like the spinning platform. There's a centrifugal force to life that pulls you away from God. And that's why James says, listen, whatever is going on in your life, whatever it is, whether you are hurting, happy, or helpless, don't neglect prayer. That's no time to be moving away from the kind of the the disciplines of the faith. And I always think, those of you who are watching online, and this is true of some of you, you started out with COVID and not coming, and now you can feel yourself drifting. And I just want to tell you that when whatever is going on in your life, it's no time to move away from God. Because the the further you get out from the center, you know, you've heard people say, and you've heard me say, that you should keep God at the center of your life. And I use a bicycle wheel and the hub and all of that, and that's true. But there's another way of looking at the universe, that God is always in the center, and we're the ones who move. And it's life that pulls you away, and that's why James says, whatever's going on, pray. Pray about everything. Pray about anything. Because if you do not pray, then you will find yourself further and further away from God, and the harder it is to climb back against all that centrifugal force. Okay, that's why we pray. And then James tells us how we should pray. And this is what he says, verses 14 through 16. He says, Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. All right, James mentions three things there, right? He mentions anointing with oil. He mentions a prayer of faith, and he mentions confession of sins, and all three need kind of an explanation. First, he says, if you're sick, let me talk about the prayer of faith. Some people think that uh, when they're praying for healing of themselves or for a loved one, that what they need is a prayer of faith, and what that means is to be 100% certain, to have 100% faith, no doubt. And if you can pray a prayer with 100% faith with no doubt, then whatever you ask for will happen. And you might have heard that, you might have seen that on TV, you might have read it in a book, right? And what happens then, if somebody isn't healed, then it feels like it's on you because you didn't pray a prayer of faith. That's not what a prayer of faith is. And I say that because of a story in Mark chapter 9. In Mark chapter 9, there's a dad whose son is demon-possessed. And he brings his son to Jesus. And he says, Jesus, if you can do anything, please do it. And Jesus looks at the father and he says, if I can? And then Jesus says, all things are possible for someone who believes. 
And then this dad, kind of out of desperation, cries out to Jesus and he says, I believe. Help my unbelief. What's he saying? He's saying, I believe and I don't believe. I don't know what to do. I just know I'm desperate and I have come to you for my son to be healed. I love that guy because I feel like I pray that prayer all the time. I believe, help my unbelief. What Jesus doesn't do to this guy is say, hmm, you got some work to do, don't you? You need to go away, try to figure out who I am, and then kind of muster up all your faith, and when you get to 100%, then I'll heal your boy. That's not what Jesus does. As soon as this dad cries out to Jesus and he says, I believe, help my unbelief, Jesus heals his son. So the prayer of faith is going to God directly and specifically. And it means that if you are sick where you feel helpless and you need prayer and healing, then it says, go to the elders and have them anoint you with oil and pray a prayer of faith. We do that here, and I'll explain that at the end. All right? What it means is this, that they're going to pray specifically. And I say specifically because, you know, that was Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 10, Jesus has a blind guy come to him. And Jesus has been healing people. And this blind guy comes up to Jesus. And Jesus says to him, what do you want me to do for you? That seems like a funny question to me. I mean, if Jesus has been healing people and somebody who's blind comes to him, it seems like Jesus would know. But that guy could have said... I just want to know how to handle this. I want to know how to cope. Or he could have said, I I want to get closer to God. But instead, when Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? This blind guy said, I want to see. Jesus made him say it. And then Jesus healed him. So if you are sick, you will go to the elders. The elders will anoint you with oil. And the elders will pray a very specific prayer for your healing. And they'll say, sure, we have uncertainties. We're not even sure if this is the right thing, the the best thing for this person. We'll let you sort that out. But we come to you in faith because we trust you. And you have told us to come to you with this. So we come. That's a prayer of faith. And then he says, anoint them with oil. The question is, what's that all about? Well, oil in the first century was symbolic of two different things. One was, it was symbolic of the Holy Spirit. That would be the prayer part. But it was also used for medicine. If you read the story of the Good Samaritan, the Good Samaritan found this guy who was beaten to a pulp on the side of the road. What it says is that he bound up his wounds using oil and wine. Wine was like an antiseptic because of the alcohol in it. The oil was for the healing of this person. What James is saying, I think, is don't think you have to choose between medical help and prayer. That it's not an either-or proposition. That God is the one who designed and gave us medicine. We don't have a single breakthrough in the medical field that was not from God. So if you are healed from a doctor's prescription or from some kind of medical procedure, that's from God. That's God healing. Our bodies, God created to heal themselves. It seems like you get a cut and it's healed. You think your body did that by itself but that healing comes from God. Or God can bypass everything, and he can heal you directly. So what James is saying is it's not 
either or. You come and you pray if you are sick, and all healing comes from God, all right? And then he, then he moves to confession of sins, which seems like a, a disconnect. Like he's been talking about physical things, and all of a sudden he moves to the spiritual thing. And when he says, confess your sins, if you are physically sick, he's not, I don't think he's saying, like, if you're sick, it's because you have sinned, and that's why you're sick. If that was true, we'd all be sick all the time, Right? What he's saying is something else. I I read a book uh, earlier this year, and the book is called The Body Keeps Score. It's not a religious book. It's a book uh, that's investigating the connection between emotional trauma and physical illness. And we are just now scratching the surface of the connection between our physical bodies and our emotional and spiritual health. What James says here is if you are physically sick and you are going to pray for healing, don't neglect something of a deeper issue that you may not understand the connection of. Make sure you confess and become healthy spiritually. So that's why we pray, and James tells us how we pray, and then finally, what we should expect when we pray. I'm going to divide this into two parts. Right? One part is I want to I say what might happen, and then secondly, what will happen. If you are sick and you call on the elders, and if, if you're there right now, if you are, feel helpless and you are sick or you have a loved one who's sick and you want the elders to pray for you, then uh, we do that here. You can go out after the service to the next steps area, and they're prepared to try to figure out a time when it would be best for you to be anointed by the elders and prayed for. But what James says is that you call on the elders and they will pray for you. And I say you might get healed. That sounds really weak, doesn't it? Sounds like you might or you might not. Now, I say that you might get healed because the only reason James puts this in here is to say, when you are sick, have them pray for you so that God may do something that would not otherwise happen without your prayer. All right? That could happen. But I don't want you to go into this thinking that it's an unconditional yes from God. That if you follow this formula, for sure God will do that. I know that's hard. I know that uh, you can have a loved one who's sick, and you can think in your head, I don't understand, I, don't think of a si- I can't think of a single good reason why God would not heal this person. I get that. I really do. But in Mark chapter 14, Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. It's right before he goes to the cross. And he's praying, and this is what he prays. He says, Father, all things are possible for you. If it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Jesus had 100% faith. Jesus had perfect reasoning. And Jesus goes to God the Father and he says, all things are possible for you. Let this cup pass from me. And God says no. God said no. And Jesus kind of knew that might be a possibility, which is why Jesus tacked on, but not my will be done, but yours. See, this is what I want you to know. If you are healed, it's not because God loves you more. And if you are not 
physically healed, it's not because God loves you less. I remember somebody telling me one time, just because I can't think of a good reason why something has happened doesn't mean there isn't one. And that's true. So that's what might happen. You might get healed, but you might not. But this is what will happen. It's what he says in verse 14. He says, uh, Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let him pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed sins, he will be forgiven. What James says is this is what will happen, that if you pray to God in faith, then you will be raised up, you will be saved, you will be forgiven. Right? And the reason that James knows that is the very next verse, verse 15. It says, uh, And the prayer of faith will save the one who's sick. The Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed sins, he will be forgiven. Uh, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. It says, What you need is the prayer of a righteous person. And this is what it says in Romans 8. Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is it to con- who condemns? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, he was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. What Paul says there is that Jesus, the righteous one, is the one who prays for you. If you want to know why one day you will be raised up, you will be saved, you will be forgiven. It's because Jesus Christ has died, risen from the dead, and is interceding for you right now. You know, when I'm watching a movie, uh, I think a great movie always follows the same pattern. It starts out, the characters, everything seems like it's going well, and then they hit a crisis, and things get very, very dark. And it seems like there's no way anything good's going to happen. And then in great movies, all of a sudden, it comes back out And the movie itself is redeemed because it ends well. I love movies like that. I think the reason we resonate to movies like that is because that's what our souls long for. There are times when I wish I could whisper to the characters in a movie like that at their darkest moment that I could whisper to them, listen, it's going to be okay. You can't see it now but everything ends well. You're in a good story. You're in a good story. I feel like for some of you here right now, you need me to whisper that to you, that it's going to be okay. You may not see it now, but it all ends well. You're in a good story. You're in a good story. James comes to the end of his book, And he says, if there's one thing I can tell you is this, pray. Whether you are hurting or happy or helpless, you pray because God hears, Jesus intercedes, and you're in a good story because of Jesus. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, thank you for uh, this book, this little book of James And thank you for the way he ends the book with such great 
hope for us. I pray for all of us, whether we are hurting or happy or helpless, that today would be a day where we draw closer to you, closer to where you are, so we can experience your grace, your strength, your healing, your power. Thanks for Jesus who intercedes for us. And we pray this in his name. Amen.